You can now hear Tech Actually on Stitcher Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly on your iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or WebOS device. The latest episode is always available for you. No syncing needed, no memory wasted. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tech Actually, episode 108 for the 13th of November, 2010. I am David McVeigh, and I am joined in studio by Josh Philpott. How are you, Josh? It's fucking hot. <laughs> okay, that's how I am. And it's I'm start- hot. And it starts already. <laughs> yes. Well, look, I figured I'd get it out of the way early. Well, so we're probably going to be complaining about it a lot. <laughs> we're probably going to be complaining about it a lot for the next hour. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to let everybody know who's listening to the audio and is not in Sydney at the moment. In Sydney, it is supposed to be 28 to 30 degrees today. Uh, Celsius, that is, for the uh, United States listeners. And uh, the studio is always 5 or 10 degrees hotter than that with all the yes. computers and lights and everything else. So uh, it is a hot one. Yep. Hot one indeed. All right, so let's move on. What is this show? This is the official tech podcast of geekactually.com. Uh, this is where we kind of take a lighthearted look at the week in tech. Uh, we uh, kind of go through the news, and we don't hit all the hard news because, you know what, there's a billion tech podcasts out there, and they already do all that. So mm, mm. we are looking at the more important stuff, like things like robot apocalypses. <laughs> stuff like that, so whatever. Um, okay. Uh, once again, uh, just to remind people, the Delta Knight is um, our researcher for our show, and he sent her a whole bunch of links for the after show and a whole bunch of links for this show. So um, thank you very much, Delta Knight. And uh, I think we will get started on this by saying that first off, we got an email from uh, Geek Betty, our good friend at Geek Betty, who said, to, uh, just to continue with the Robot Apocalypse theme, uh, just to warn us uh, that uh, according to uh, robots, uh, they think we taste like bacon. Could you please explain <laughs> that a little better? For okay, me, apparently how that kind the, of works? <laughs> it's a kind of a scary thought, really, when the robots are getting a taste for our meat. Uh, but apparently, there's a wine tasting robot um, that can actually differentiate all the different flavors within wine and so forth. And it has actually detected from the smell of humans and blah blah blah. It has detected that we have the same uh, flavors and aromas of bacon. Mm. Have we tested different <laughs> kinds of humans? Are we, are we I don't sure know. Is there, just... is there a difference between the different meats of humans? Well, I, I just <laughs> wonder whether, you know, like, you know, a, a larger person or a skinny person, do we all taste like bacon? Is it just some of us? Well, isn't it? I guess bacon is the new chicken because don't they always say, oh, it tastes like chicken? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of scary. I've actually heard this before, though. There have been uh, stories before, not from robots, of course, but a story before where we have... We are the same consistency and apparently flavor from things like cannibals and stuff like that as pork. So we're very closely related to pigs, apparently. So, mm, Good to know. Yeah, You're it is, looking isn't real it? tasty right now, Dave. <laughs> In this heat, I'm kind of sizzling, too. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was kind of amusing, and I think that uh, if we do... <laughs> Nordy's saying he tastes like vodka and nachos. Fair enough. Well, there you go. That makes you very, very tasty. <laughs> and uh, while we're on the robot apocalypse... 
uh, because we always have to have a couple stories. And if you notice the uh, T-shirt, hold on, I'll get for the camera here. I am wearing the new Geek Actually warning. The robot apocalypse is uh, closer. Well, we're than you both think. geeked out because I mean, like I've and got, got the, the stars, uh, I've got the uh, our rock stars aren't like normal rock stars Intel shirt. And I'll just take which is t- funny because I'm such an M- uh, an AMD driver. So you know, uh, and I'll take a sip from my tasty beverage in this lovely Geek Actually mug. Whoop, where's, the off where's the camera? Where's the camera? Yep, there we go. Yes, we both have one of those available for you at cafepress.com. forward slash geek, actually. All right, now that we've done that shameful piece of uh, promotion. Plugging, that's what we do. That's what we do. Uh, I'll speak, and no, we'll do that at the end of the show. Yes, that's all right. we will. Uh, now, uh, just to, uh, to uh, uh, remind everybody of this little ditty, Transformers more than meets the eye. Mm. DARPA, our good friends over at DARPA, are coming up with a brand new, uh, uh, a brand new device. It's only in prototype stage at this point. Actually, I think it's only in design stage at this point. But basically, what they're looking at is autonomous vehicles. We've seen the autom- yeah. autonomous vehicles. We've seen the cars that can drive themselves. Google and so forth. And there's been competitions about this. Well, DARPA wants an autonomous vehicle that can transform into a flying vehicle. All right. Yes. So this is their sketch-up for it. And uh, so I, all I can think is uh, Hunter Seeker? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of creepy looking. It's not very well designed yet. Well, no, because it looks like, how do you fold those engines up? Yeah. <laughs> I imagine the wings might retract, but... Yeah, but you've still got those two big turbines. Anyway, that picture is available in the show notes, and you can have a look. So we've got... Uh, recap? Recap, anyone? Recap? Um... um so, uh, thinking yeah, we've, robots. We've got thinking, thinking robots. Robo- we've thinking, got thinking autonomous vehicles. That we've can got, lie. We've got, yeah, that can lie. We've got things that can hover. Remember last week we were doing that thing on the uh, vehicles that are going to be able that's to right, hover. The, yeah, they can right. change from a plane to a... That's so right. we've got and those. We've and got then the, we're going to combine those with the ability to drive on the ground. That's right. We've got these snake inf- infiltrators yeah. that can come in. We've got the skin that can feel yeah. uh, that you can put onto the, we've got the angel robot. of death robot. We've got the angel of death robot. <laughs> wow, we are just... It's getting there, man. I tell you. Yeah. Uh, we're onto something it's here. It's coming. It's coming. Forget this zombie apocalypse nonsense. This is where, this is where it's happening. Hmm. All right, I promise, I can't make this promise, but I'll try and make this promise. I'm going to try and make the promise that we won't have any more robot apocalypse before the, but by the end of this show. What? Get out. Let's do some real tech. All right, let's do some other let's tech. Let's do some real tech and say, do you remember when the new Nano came out? Uh, oh, the, and there the, was the, PAL as well. I said that, yeah, the thinking robot, the, the one that can make decisions for mm. itself, yeah. <laughs> well, PAL would control it all, remember? Yep. That's like the central hub that la, controls la, 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 me. All right, so um, and Powell will be able to lie. That's the scariest part. This anyway. next one's actually got me interested. I well, yeah, this is. Um, you remember the little nanos that came out with the oh, touch yeah. screens, and yeah, everybody yeah. was talking at the time. We even talked about it on this show. Yeah, we actually. Was, uh, one of the guys at work actually had one. I had a little yeah. play with it. And basically, it's just a leather strap that could mm. kind of the thing connected into, and it was a prototype, and it was like kind of fun and all this sort of stuff. Well, a company has actually taken it one step further and said this could be the next generation. Whoops, that's not it. This oh, could be the right. next generation of the Nano Watch. They've kind of made it look like a Swatch Watch kind of thing, and it's actually enclosed. It comes in multiple colors. Uh, I love the fact I had to include this bottom picture here because I love the fact that the headphones go up the sleeve. Yeah, but that's if you wear sleeves. It's the next stage to this, though, will be if they can make uh, a uh, Bluetooth stereo headset, mm. Mm. which at this point they it's, don't support. Yeah. Um, but uh, apparently Apple just bought a company, which I can't remember the name of off the top of my head because I only heard this yesterday. Mm. Apparently they just bought a company because you know how these companies like to yeah. buy. Yeah. Uh, they just bought a company that specializes in stereo Bluetooth headphones. So we could be seeing that in future generations. Whoa. So it could be coming. 
All right, so uh, I think the Nano watch is kind of a hot idea, and I tell you what, if the Nano was cheaper and I could get that strap, I'd wear one as a watch. That's yeah, kind of, dude, it's a, honestly, come on. Yeah. it's a geek watch plus. You know, yeah. I'm waiting for the one that has Bluetooth. Then we yes. talk. Then we talk. Okay. Um, no, no, you know what you need is you need the little invisible uh, earpieces that like the CIA wear. You need like a stereo set of those so that they just hide inside your ears. You know, that's scary. Uh, like Chuck, you know. <laughs> um, all right, so. Uh, we go from that to the tablet wars are picking up. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we've talked a bit about tablets, and we've said how wonderful things like the iPad are for the education market and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Well, mm-hmm. not suffice to just say, well, we've got this wonderful tablet with the iPad, and it can read books, and it could be a perfect school tool because it's, you know, it's also a word processor and everything else. A company um, had to go one step further, uh, and I think it's called the No, K-N-O, mm-hmm. um, had to create... The dual screen touchscreen. What? So this is the new tablet. It folds in half like a clamshell, and it's dual screen, so you can actually read a book like a real book, so one page per page. And all I can think is, if you're going to do that, read a book. Or buy a laptop. Yeah, or buy a laptop. This thing is so big, we might as well just have a laptop at this point. That's just so impractical. How big is it, total? Uh, The screens are, I'm just having a look here, it's uh, (laughs) 14-inch. H. Well, I'm assuming it just says 14-inch tablet. Well, may- maybe it's a total of four. Oh, no, but a uh, – uh, hold on. Wait a minute. I'm just trying to get my facts clear here. Now, this is the bigger kicker, though. It costs 899 U.S. dollars. So? Uh, if I, yeah, two 14.1-inch touchscreens. What the fuck, dude? That's so huge. That's enormous. And what's it weigh? It doesn't have the weight here. That thing's got to weigh a ton. It's got uh, a Tegra 2 chip, runs uh, 16 gigabytes of storage, and its operating system is Linux. Well, it'll run fast then, I guess. So it'll run fast. Dude, it's 14 inches. Think about that. That's like... It's a standard laptop size. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking huge. It's ridiculous. And then you've got to fold this in half and carry it around. And look, what is it? The iPad is what? One and a half pounds? Something like that? So you're talking about, you know, three pounds easy for this thing to have two... Battery life must suck because it's got to power two screens. It's running Linux though, so it's still running two. Ellie, five, two, maybe yeah. six hours. Max. Yeah, I don't know. I just look at this and go, no. You know what? I'd be down with a one-screen version of that though. Maybe, maybe. Uh, you know, one. A one I still sc- think fourteen is too big. Yeah, I do too. I think a one-screen version of it would definitely uh, uh, be a competitor to the iPad, yeah. but not at eight hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Yeah. I mean, there's a big issue with its with its price. There's a whirring sound. I've just realized we've left the fan on at full blast. Can you drop the fan by one notch, Josh? Do I have to? Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> dual screen 10-inch would be good, says Delta 9. I don't know. I just, I just look at it and go... Dual screen 10 inches too big. Look, I tell I you what. I have an iPad, and I'm telling you right now that if that was double that size, it would be far too fucking big. Uh, I tell you what. Let's let's move on. I'm going to skip the order here a little bit because there's actually a story between these. But because we are talking about the education market, and we are talking about you know carrying around a clamshell, basically, let's talk about this new case. Now, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the idea of having a case with a keyboard in it, you know, and you said it's kind of a dumb idea yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And I kind of thought, well, it's kind of neat in its own right because the idea is you could have it as an iPad or you could slip it into this case and you could have the keyboard and you could say, but you just get a Bluetooth keyboard. How about this one, though, Josh? This has just been announced. This is a new uh, iPod ca- uh, iPad case, which is the same idea, turning your iPad into a netbook. So if you were – all right, I was listening to – as an example, I was listening to um, – let me get rid of this picture on the screen. I was listening to MacBreak Weekly with Andy Nako, and he was basically saying that when he travels, he travels with his iPad. 
if it's more than three days traveling, he has to also carry his netbook with him. Mm. Because there are things that the iPad just are limited, and you sometimes need a keyboard and stuff like that. Okay, so if you could kill two birds with one stone, we might be in, in business. This is this new iPad case that's come out, um, and I just think this is probably the slickest iPad case of this concept that I've seen so far. It is basically turning your iPad into a netbook. So it's a hard shell case. It looks just like a normal laptop, everything else. The side panel opens, and you just slide your iPad in. It clicks into position. Yeah. Not only... speakers? Uh, I don't know if it actually has speakers. What are these things down the bottom there? Though? Oh, it could be. It could be speakers. But, oh. oh, no, there could be pads. Because if you notice, the other thing it can do is you can use it as a netbook, but you can also rotate it, spin it, turn it on itself, and have it as a stand for watching movies and stuff like yeah. that. So it's a, it's a really nicely designed... Netbook case, basically. Yeah, and yeah. if you had this on you, people wouldn't even know you had an iPad. They'd think you had a netbook of some kind. A netbook, yeah, yeah. You know, and the fact, how easy it is to get in and out. I don't know. They don't actually say that um, on the thing. But uh, I think this is, this is the way to go. And only 150 bucks. Oh, well, that's not bad. I mean, like, if you add it together, it's like $700. You're already paying 200 well, more than an iPad. 150 bucks. My case is yeah. a $60 case, and it's only leather. Yeah. You know, so I mean, iPad cases are not cheap at the best of times. Mm. So I think this could be this yeah. could be the way to go if you I, if you want that kind of solution. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a concept. I I still think that the keyboard's easy enough to type on. But if you disagree with me, then absolutely, yeah, then that's an option for yeah. you. It's a nice looking case. For it sure. is because it's the hard shell and everything. Yeah. It doesn't feel like I've just it really it does. You've got it right. It really does look like a netbook. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's cool. That's nice. That's nice. Okay. Uh, let's go back to that original story because while we're talking about gadgets, this seems to be – this show today, by the way, I just want to warn you, is kind of game and gadget heavy. Um, All right. Uh, we, oh, we should report the news. Oh, God. This is breaking news because it happened today. But just, oh, be, just right. before yes, we went online. So I think we should report this and we actually can put out some real news, where, mm. unlike normally, where we're always behind. Um. <laughs> Uh, iOS 4.2 was supposed to be launched today. Um, There was a lot of rumors kicking around that it would be the 9th or the 12th, blah, blah, blah. It finally came down to the fact that everybody was confirming the 12th, which was Friday American time now, or Saturday our time, and we waited with bated breath. Now, they said that there would be two updates uh, prior to this update coming through. First one would be an uh, Apple Mac OS 10. uh, now, is it 5.2? 10.5.6, I think it is. Is that right? Am I correct? Anyway, I think that's correct. Um, and that did come out two days ago, and I pulled that down and updated all my Macs, and that was supposed to be the one that added things like uh, air printing and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then there was supposed to be a second update, which was the 10.1 iTunes update, mm-hmm. and that was supposed to be to make it all set up for iOS 4.2. And today, 4.2 was supposed to come out, and then Engadget reported this morning that it's been delayed. Bastards. Bastards. Uh, so Engadget reported this morning that it's been delayed. Apparently, the, the unsubstantiated rumor, because, of course, nobody at Apple ever tells anything, but the belief is uh, from a lot of developers that they have discovered a problem with 4.2 on the iPad. I don't know if this affects the iPhone, but it's the iPad, which is the, I, the Wi-Fi connects but doesn't allow you to surf the internet. <laughs> so I'm confused. How have these been people that have been demoing this? Well, the beta's been out forever. The Goldmaster came out last week. How did nobody notice? That's a pretty big error. It's a pretty big issue. 
Maybe um, it's not all the time. Maybe somebody's just reported that a little too quick. Maybe it's something like certain times or particular websites, or maybe when well, you go Well, I mean, we, nobody actually knows for, for a fact what is going on because the whole thing with air printing, uh, mm. this feature, last week was reporting that air printing was taken out. Steve Jobs made an, a, an, one of his little email messages a couple of days ago that said, no, it's there. Of course it is. And then today they were saying that on another report, they were saying that the air print is not um, in the new Mac OS update. What? So it's like, what is the story? Can somebody just come on and release a press statement? You know, issue a press statement and let us know. know. This is where Apple really starts to get on my tits, right? Because it's like, I am okay with the concept of people not getting things out on time. Mistakes happen. Computers get patches, we get updates, and so on and so forth. And Apple doesn't like to release things until they're ready. Agreed. Fine. I don't care about that. But be fucking up and honest about this shit, man. It's starting to annoy me, okay? There's a line where your secrecy is damaging your own company's reputation. Shit like this just makes you look like idiots. Yeah. Right? Agreed. When you bring out all this stuff and you talk about what it's going to have and you have a thing up on your website explaining all the abilities it's going to have, release it like that. Delay it, or at least come out and say what the fuck is going on. This is bullshit. We shouldn't be listening to Engadget and Gizmodo. No, Apple should and be stuff telling like- us. Exactly. If you're going to be a company, step up, have balls, and say it's not ready. Now, okay? it's not only Apple having issues this week, apparently. This also I was hearing about uh, over the last day or so, and this isn't in the lineup either, but we'll bring this up really quickly. Windows Phone 7 is also having an issue. Um, hmm. This is the Samsung Focus, which is like... The sweet spot. This is the phone that if they say, if you want to buy Windows Phone 7, this is the one to buy. Yeah. I don't even know if it's being released in Australia or not. But if it is, uh, apparently one of the features of Windows Phone 7 is an expandable memory. Mm. The little micro SD slot on the side. Now, for those who don't understand how that works on a Windows Phone 7, they actually did something slightly different to most phones. Most phones, you stick in an SD card, you get memory. Yeah. It doesn't work like that on a Windows Phone 7. On a Windows Phone 7, it integrates itself to the phone memory, and it becomes one memory. Yeah. Uh, so if you change the memory, it actually wipes your phone, and you have to restart from scratch. Nice. Because it has to reformat and rebuild the memory. Not a huge issue if you know that's what happens, right? Mm. Most people are going to put one memory card in, and they're never going to change it anyway, right? It's right. so not like it's something you can pull in and out. However, the f- issue came up. There's actually apparently a sticker on the focus on the memory slot that says stop <laughs> and AT&T is saying do not put a memory card in because apparently there's an issue and they're basically saying sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't don't put a memory card in this thing at this point what? So, and uh, there is rumor that Microsoft will be issuing a patch to hopefully fix this issue but considering that expandable memory is kind of a big issue uh, you would think that they would have figured that one out before it shipped Hmm. um so it's not only apple but at least microsoft is saying something apple doesn't and this is very frustrating uh for all of us people who are bought into the apple infrastructure we just want to know tell us the plan you know what is the deal here all right uh moving away from apple for one minute uh well no actually it's still kind of apple related it's a it's a, a iphone accessory and i'm confused and i needed i needed some help from the chat room on this one uh, this is why I brought this one up. Now, this was sent by Delta Knight. This is one of his links, and maybe Delta knows the deal. I read the article, and it didn't answer my question. This is a new keyboard that's coming Jesus. out. Jesus. That has an iPhone dock built into the keyboard. Okay, now, it actually says that it basically adds a computer to your keyboard, and you can use the, while it's charging and syncing, you can also use your phone as a touchpad, mm. you know, on your keyboard. But what it doesn't tell me, and this is the big question is, 
while it's connected to the phone, could you use it as a keyboard for the phone? Um, well, you can connect Bluetooth keyboards you can. to it. That's um, right. And there is the keyboard dock works with the iPhone, isn't that right? Yes, it does. The Bluetooth one does. No, the uh, docking one. I don't know if that one I does. don't know either. No, I don't know um, either. Anyway, does anybody in the chat room, does anybody know the answer? Does the um, iPad accessory keyboard, the one that's got the dock, does the iPhone work on that? I will wait for them to answer. Yeah, when Delta Knight says, yeah, no idea, but considering it's docked, then you'd think it could. This is the keyboard we're showing on screen. But there are no dock keyboards as far as I know. I mean, I'm not sure about the no, iPad. No. Because keyboard. if that could actually work as a keyboard as well, that's sweet. Because you can have it connected to a computer, use it as a computer keyboard, and yeah. if you need to type something on your phone, you could just dock your phone and actually use a <laughs> full Nosey says it sounds far too useful to <laughs> Oh, cynics. All of you are cynics. That's all you there is to it. You know it, and that's why we're here. <laughs> You're all cynics. That's all there is to it. All right. Let's move on. Uh, we don't have an answer to that. Uh, nobody seems to be answering the one about the Apple dock. Well, I don't think it does, though. From memory, I've actually heard things that says it doesn't. So, Josh, this is in your wheelhouse. So yes. I'm going to... Uh, oh, no, first of all, I've got a, uh, a use for the iPhone that Steve Jobs obviously hasn't thought of. Yes, now this one interested me. Yeah, this is also another Delta Link. Uh, apparently, uh, a company is releasing a, a little sensor that can plug into the dock and the software on the phone, which will actually allow you to detect, detect uh, sexually transmitted diseases. So well, instead of going to a clinic and saying, look, I need to be checked for gonorrhea or herpes or one of these things, you can self-test now. Awesome. Do we have a picture? No. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a picture no. of someone peeing on a device no. and, and that's like, in it. I'm not going to pee on my phone, so there better be something detachable. Well, that, was, that was actually what I... Uh, <laughs> like, when you read the link, the actual link says, we on your mobile phone to check for STDs. <laughs> so, yeah, I just had this image of someone just standing there with a phone between their legs. My question is, how many people out there who really, you know, let's be honest, the sort of people who don't think too hard about things, who just go and pee on their phone? I'm going to see if I got an STD. <laughs> Why is my iPhone not working? <laughs> There'll be a big thing that'll come up on screen when you load the app. But the other thing is, is it any... Is it Do any... not be on phone. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine though? Like, I mean, it, it, they're trying to give you this option, which is less, you know, much more discreet and so on and so forth. But the honest truth is, you're going to have an app on your screen that will say like STD checker or something like that. <laughs> it's like, really, is it that much less? Uh... And I got to ask you... What sort of sex life do you need that you have to have this app on your yeah, phone? Yeah, dude, seriously, how often are you going to be checking for that shit, man? It'll be like a one-use kind of a situation. It's going to be a whole new breed of hypochondriac. Every day I wake up, do I have a disease? <laughs> <laughs> They'll expand it out. It'll be more than just STDs. My question is how long until, if they've got this, if they've got this device, how long until we have the uh, self-pregnancy che- checkers? Oh, dude, that's scary. That's you know? I mean, really come on. Scary. It's the same basic concept. Why, why couldn't you do it as an as a, as a iPhone app? There's no reason why not. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, this is kind of in your wheelhouse, Josh. I'm going to bring up a picture on screen here, and I'm going to say uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. Yes, Call of Duty Black Ops. They've done it again. Apparently, it is the number one uh, selling entertainment release in history, beating... Call of Duty Modern Warfare. 
<laughs> it's got to be. A, but you know what? I actually, there is a huge thing for me uh, in this because as much as, you know, people are like, wow, another Call of Duty breaking records, more importantly, it's triage breaking records. And I'm really proud of them for that because these are the guys that got shafted and got given uh, number three. Now, they started... They, they've done other games beforehand, but Call of Duty 3 is what everybody remembered them for. Yeah. So you've got 3, which was basically <clears throat> the death of the series, because it was another World War II game. It wasn't much prettier than 2. It was a little bit better graphics. It was a little bit darker, but no one really cared. Um, and then you had Modern Warfare, which just blew the world away, and everybody was like, Call of Duty 4 is one of the greatest first-person shooters of all time, la 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 la. And then... Five came out, and no one gave them credit because it was like, oh, great, and it's another World War II one, well done. And it was like everybody bagged them out, and a lot of people didn't buy that one. And the truth was Five was a really good game. It was really well made. It was really dark. It was really fun, all these sort of things. And then, but it didn't do as well as, as mm. Call of Duty 4 did. And then, like, now you've got Modern Warfare 2, and that breaks records, and everybody's like, well done, and stuff like this. It's really nice to see these guys take the cake this time for them to actually get something. And you know what? You know, good on them for that. Yeah, that's uh, cool. And yeah. Also Should we put this into perspective? I can put this into perspective for people. Yeah. Uh, it took uh, $360 million on launch day, yeah. 5.6 million copies sold in US and UK. And the franchise has 25 million players around the world. To put that into perspective, Avatar took 15 years to make, cost a reported $500 million, and took $27 million in its opening day and $77 million for its opening yeah, weekend. Exactly. So Call of Duty blows, blows that away. And uh, another thing I want to tell everyone, all of those Call of Duty fans that are out there, um, there is a hidden bonus game inside the game. We only uh, found out about this today. Uh, if you guys want to know how to unlock that, uh, jump onto rawdlc.com. It is one of the first articles up there. Um, it looks like mad fun, and I think even Dave M. will probably get into this one. Yeah, I, I, look, I was just saying I would buy the game just for the bonus game. <laughs> you know what? And I don't, actually, uh, I don't actually doubt you on that. No, I, I think it looks like fun. I'm not a big Call of Duty fan, I will say. Um, but I do like the look of the bonus game. Yeah. My style of game. So, <laughs> I think they just need to make that game and release it, though. I'll buy that. Anyway, uh, all right. So I just thought we should mention it because it was a record breaker this mm-hmm. week, and anything that breaks records is definitely newsworthy. Now, I got another game story for you because, you know, as I said, we're kind of gaming heavy here, and I just want to say, why hasn't anybody ever thought of this prior to now? Because it makes so much sense. Not if you're a general phone user, but if you're a gamer on your iPhone, and I'm assuming these will work for the iPad as well, these little sticky things coming out in Asia, can't see it very well on this picture, but they're like little sticky pads that actually add traction. Ah. So you can actually place them anywhere on your screen. They've got little tabs to peel them back up again. Um, And you place them on, and they've actually got little studs on them. So they've actually got traction. And I thought... Why has nobody thought of this sooner? This is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Steve Jobs doesn't like things on his screens, but I agree. That is really cool, and I will be looking into getting one of those. Yeah, I don't know if they're being released. It says in the article that they're only over in uh, Japan at the moment. I think it's Japan. Import. Sure. But, yeah, I think uh, Australia likes to get lots of import stuff in like that, so I think we will see them here before America sees them somehow. Mm. Um, now, what else have I got for us? Um, uh, what else have I got for us here on this? Uh, oh, this 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 looks like an awesome new game. Now, there's no graphic for this. Um, this is also Delta Knight. This was actually a late edition. Um, and Delta, I want to say this is brilliant. So thank you for sending this through. It's a game called Artemis. 
and it's a multiplayer game. Costs sixty dollars to buy, but as I said, it's five players, and each of you puts in you know ten bucks or whatever it is. You're going to have the game, and basically, it simulates a starship bridge, and each person takes a role on the bridge. So oh. one player is a science officer, one player is the weapons officer, one player is the uh, so basically it's like the Enterprise. The hmm. captain is the only one who doesn't actually have a laptop in front of him. Yeah. He just issues orders. Oh. <laughs> And so basically what you have is you've got the captain, and it's all about teamwork. It's all about issuing orders and trying to take, make everything happen the way it's meant to happen on the bridge of a ship. I think this is brilliant. I get to see the, all these Star Trek geeks out there make it so. This is like the next step of, um, this is like the next step of um, kind of like uh, the D&D style gaming. You're going to have people dressing up in uniforms, and you're going to have them meeting up on a Friday in a basement underneath some mum's house. Delta Knight says, I bought this game last night, and me and two of my friends played it last night. How yeah. was it? Was it good? Yeah. And James from Melbourne says, can I be number two? <laughs> <laughs> Make it so number one. So I think uh, Artemis could be, it says, Artemis, the spaceship bridge simulator. Hmm. And, of course, I think they're skirting a very fine line from not being sued by Paramount, but um, they have to make sure they keep all Star Trek references out of this. But it looks uh, like Delta a lot says of them. it's freaking awesome. I think we're going to have to get something like this going. We're gonna, we might actually have to give this a go. I think even, we might, yeah. even I will step outside the realms of my non-nerdiness and actually play this game. <laughs> oh, you're a big, fat nerd, too. I am a big, fat nerd. I just don't <laughs> usually cross this line. But, yeah. Okay. Now, I just want to uh, say that we uh, have one more story, and then we're going to move into our other sections. Uh, the last story, Delta sent me, Delta Knight sent me a, a wonderful email that said, would we be interested in doing a little bit of history every week? Okay. And as an ex-IT teacher, I can tell you that history is an incredibly important part of IT. Mm-hmm. Knowing how things happened or where things came from is vital to understanding where things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, Delta, um, I am all for putting a little bit of history into our things. I only chose one of the really, really simple ones this week because we haven't actually introduced the section yet. But I thought... This was just a wonderful link. It's from Gizmodo. Delta Knight sent it through. And it actually says in this, uh, this article that H.G. Wells, the writer of War of the Worlds and so forth, actually predicted, uh, uh, where is it, in 1943, that we would be, what is it? He said that we would get our news from our phones. There you go. And I thought, now, he, the prediction for him was we'd be able to call a number and get, like, news updates and stuff like that. He obviously didn't see the internet coming. But there you go. We're actually seeing these little bits of history and these people who are smarter than us, who basically went, you know, in the future, this is where it could be. Well, it's the kind of person that sits there (coughs) and just predicts things like this based entirely on the way that they see the world. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, people now look at what Philip K. Dick uh, has written, and instead of being kind of like, oh, that crazy guy, now you're just looking at it going, how much further is he going to be right? You yeah. know, like, every step, that every time I reread one of his books, I see something else that we now have as yeah. a standard. The only feature. thing that he hasn't gotten right yet, but I still hold great hopes for the future, is yeah. his utopian society. Yeah. We are so far from utopia. <laughs> we are so far from utopia at the moment. Yeah. But I think that was fantastic. Uh, and then, of course, Kalisynth has put into our chat room, Isaac Asimov pretty much invented what we think of as robots today. Isaac Asimov was the basically the forefather, I would say, of artificial intelligence, and the, con- the concept of artificial yeah. intelligence. Um, yeah. One day we're going to have to talk about Charles Babbage. 
Um, and there is a reason why, because there is a, a fundraising going on at the moment. I'll get the details. We'll talk about it next week. But there is a guy in England who is trying to build Charles Babbage's computer, the one that he designed, the, effectively the very first computer of all time, never got built. It was designed. It was yeah. steam-powered, all this amazing stuff. Um, but Charles Babbage died before he had a chance to actually build the thing. Oh, wow. No, and this oh, guy is now cool. raising money. Uh, he's got a charity going. And they've already built one of Babbage's uh, devices, uh, and it's in the museum now. And they build it to exact specifications with the copper and the whole bit. And um, he's trying to raise, I think it's a lot of money. He's trying to raise a lot of money. I can't remember what the exact word that was, but um, he's trying to raise the money to build Charles Babbage's analytical machine. And, oh, um, that's awesome, dude. And I'll I think it'll be fantastic. In. So we'll talk about that next week. That can be our next week's history lesson. Delta Knight, do your homework. Find out that foundation. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'll throw one at you. All right. That's uh, our little bit of history for the day. And now I want to talk about feedback really quickly before we go into IS News because DJ Jaeger, or Jaeger, I'm not sure quite how you pronounce it, probably Jaeger actually, sent us an email completely out of the blue. And I have to say, dude, (laughs) I sent him an email back already, but we'll mention him on the show. He says, hey guys, on the last episode, I heard you guys talking about wanting a theme. I don't know if you were joking, but I made you one. For the beat-up of the week, plus Dave's awesome scream, it says. I don't even remember my awesome scream. But anyway, it says DJ Jaeger. Now, we didn't have a beat-up of the week section. I really tried to find an article for a beat-up of the week section just so I could use this. But we are going to use this in future for beat-up of the week. This is DJ Jaeger's beat-up of the week uh, uh, theme. It's time for the beat-up of the week. Oh, geek action. <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> is that awesome or what <laughs> so uh, all i'm gonna say is dj yeager you set a precedent now get to work <laughs> <laughs> we need a impending robot apocalypse theme we need an app of the week theme and for film actually we need a list of five just theme make and <laughs> all i want to make sure is we don't end up in family guy territory where it's just everyone is just uh you know sort of beat up of the week <laughs> And then just a whole bunch of random noises. But that, that was fantastic. That was very, very impressive. Um, I'm just looking at the, uh, hold on, Clara Tungle, Clara Tungle. It's Jaeger. Clara Tungle, are you DJ Jaeger? DJ Jaeger. I'm waiting for the response. Waiting for the response. Well, let's not wait. There's a whole lot of. That's true. Well, let's move on. And the food section. He says, yeah, Clara Tungle. Why didn't you put Clara Tungle on the email? Because DJ Yeager is awesome. DJ Yeager is much cooler. All right. Next email says, hey, Dave, I thought this might interest you. Uh, This is from Josh Spencer, our cartoonist. It says, uh, science used to help people and not make useless crap. Regards, Josh Spencer. And he sent this video. Now, the video was too long to play on the show. It is, and it's still a little bit long. But I had to play the video because... Wow. All I can say is if this guy actually succeeds in what he's doing, our water woes may be over. And you know what? You're absolutely right, Josh. We make a lot of fun at the expense of the robot apocalypse and everything else. And yes, we have lots of useless crap in our lives. But yes, technology makes life better. Mm. That's what it's for, really. You know. And I'm going to play this video. It's about two minutes long. Uh, we'll keep the mics open because I think we'll probably talk while it's on. Mm. Um, but this is a guy who has invented a water purifying system that could solve this water problem. Now, we've seen water purifying systems before, but mm. the biggest issue with water pur- purifying systems is power. 
Mm. They are so power hungry to actually make this work that they are not actually solving the real problem because their carbon footprint is so massive. This guy seems to have overcome that. And this is why I thought this was very interesting. His name is Dean Kamen, and here he is. Great inventors can't help themselves. They're problem solvers. And with advanced technology will come advanced solutions. To me, technology is a tool. You figure out what human problems exist, and if there's a technology that can be applied to a great human problem, you set about making it happen. Just as power will be generated locally, so will clean water. At least this is the vision of legendary nah. inventor Dean Kamen. Yeah, he's on the Segway. <laughs> more than a billion people have a crisis every day trying to find clean water to drink. We're all going to have to deal with the fact that water is not free. It's not infinite in its availability. In 30 years, a gallon of clean water will cost more than a gallon of oil. In fact, only 3% of all the water on Earth is fresh water. So in the future, it may be water, not oil, that will drag nations into war. We already Unless covered this with Tanko. Yeah. Yeah, here pure. comes his machine. Our goal was to create a small, portable machine that could be placed anywhere and at point of use create clean, reliable drinking water from any source. Dean Kamen believes he can turn anything wet into drinkable water. Anything, anything wet? <laughs> ocean water, sludge, even sewage. Using a device he calls the slingshot. A simple box with two hoses on it. One that goes into anything that looks wet. Out of the other one comes pure drinking water that's safe. Water goes into the slingshot where it gets literally boiled to the point that it not just boils as you watch it on a stove, it turns completely into vapor, into steam. Recondense that steam, and you get pure distilled water, no matter how polluted the source water was. If the water coming in has metals or other kinds of inorganic toxins in it, they don't vaporize. Until now, no one's been able to create this effect in a portable machine because of the vast amount of energy the distillation process takes. The secret of the slingshot is that it uses a closed loop of energy. Once the first batch of water is vaporized and recondensed, think of that all before? that energy is preserved in a sealed heat exchange system. The result? It'd be the a heat exchange. that runs on less power than a toaster oven. And yeah, my question is, I mean, yeah, you look at it and go, by other water purifying systems. It seems like such a simple solution. Why didn't well, because I would imagine by looking at the way that this guy works and, you know, and sort of the fact that he uses things like a, 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 a segue and stuff like that, he's probably somebody that's about simplicity. Yeah, that's true. He's probably yeah. very much about simplicity. The video goes on. If you want to watch the whole video, you can find the link on the show notes. Um, the chat room is basically saying this guy's lost it, called the white coats. No, I don't think he has lost it. That's the issue. I think he he's actually cracked and as josh says because mm. you know he's obviously about simplicity he is about preserving the environment mm. so he's looking at a solution from that point of view not just a water purification point mm. of view and he's looking at saying okay what can we do to not just make water but also make water economical well, because people are also looking at large systems like mm. going oh my god how are we going to be and what's to amazing about this is yeah well, our, all of our water purification our desalination plants are huge these complexes right mm. He was saying later in that video, actually says the machine that's in that room, that size machine yeah. would supply enough water for an entire village. Mm. You know? And you imagine that you hook that up to one PowerPoint or something like that. And basically, you know, you're running that one device. You put that in every village along the thing. Power drops 
massively. Mm. Yeah, or basically create a uh, a device which is like a streamlined version and install large sections of them in desalinization uh, plants. You can basically that, – that, that's incredible tech. Like that James from Melbourne says, amazing. yeah, but why bother? Uh, his future predictions are based on what? His understanding of the environment. Nobody on this planet fully understands the environment. True. We don't fully understand our environment yet, but we do know drinking water is running out. Mm. We do know that we are reaching a point. The problem with this planet, and this is just a, ba- a basic matter of physics, uh, we only have a finite amount of clean water on the planet. The water is ingested, it is taken out of our bodies, it is evaporated, it goes up, it rains, it comes back down again. It's the same water. Mm. There's only a finite. Problem is, we are polluting the water faster than we can use it. Yeah. Um, so we are going to get to a point where there's all, I mean, futurists all over America and all over the world are predicting that water will be more valuable than oil. They mm. are predicting that wars will start over water supplies. Yeah. Because it is becoming very, very quickly uh, an ex- a, a commodity mm. because it is an unrenewable resource, you know? Yeah. Um, so the idea that we could purify that water is valuable. Mm. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where uh, there's the thing of why bother or why not. It's um, like, I mean, I, I have to lean towards the why not this mm. thing. It's like if we can create something which will do what we do now, it's the same reason as us putting money into tech. Mm. Like, I mean, the whole concept is if we get better computers and stuff like that and so on and so forth, you're less likely to have to throw them and out. And we don't want to wait to the last minute. We don't mm. want to wait till we get to a point where we go, oh, shit, we're out of water. We better find a solution. Mm. Better to find the solutions now so that when that – so that we don't get to that situation. Mm. It's like we don't want to wait till an animal is on the endangered species list before we decide to protect the animal. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like let's try and find a balance with our world. We all have to live here. Let's find a balance. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my hippie moment brought to you by... <laughs> Save the world, man. Save the world. (laughs) Save the world, man. All right. So thank you very much, Josh Spencer. Uh, We do have some iOS news, and then we're going to move into our app of the week. Uh, First of all, the iOS news, and this is really exciting stuff. Um, Now, we talked about on this show many weeks ago, Epic Citadel, Mm -hmm. um, which was that amazing uh, Unreal Engine demo uh, Mm -hmm. done by Epic. Uh, on the iPad and the iPhone, and it was phenomenal. You take the walk around the little town, you know, and you could see. I this. still, I still go back and play that every now. <laughs> Me and too. Then. I go just go for a walk. And you just go for a walk around this town. Then at the iPhone announcement, two announcements ago, Epic came out on stage and demoed something they called Project Sword, which was a fighting uh, simulation mm-hmm. using the Unreal Three engine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said that this is going to be combined with Epic Citadel, and this is the game that they are working on. It's uh, Epic's first game for yeah. the iOS. Well. A trailer came out this week for Infinity Blade, uh, which is uh, their game. And it is imminent. It is coming soon. They're actually saying before the end of this year. Yeah. Uh, And here's the trailer.
I am so totally in. Sign me up. I'm buying it. <laughs> My question is, how much is it going to cost? I'm, I'm predicting a twelve ninety nine game. At least twelve ninety nine, if not twenty. I'd 20. go as far to say twenty three. You think this could be the the shift into that yep. that realm? It could be. Yeah, yeah, I think it's awesome. Look, and if they I don't can make the game seems, as smooth, as... I don't think it quite seems powerful enough to be it. You know, more than that. But it's the kind of game that if you want to sell people the concept of a high-priced game, that's where you start. Yeah, it doesn't look one. deep enough to be too expensive, though. Well, they're actually saying it's an RPG, so I'm wondering how much depth there is to the story and stuff mm. as well. I'm very curious to see it. I'm very curious to play it. Um, I can't wait. So uh, we will uh, wait with bated breath. It is coming soon. And uh, that will lead us into our iPhone and iPad picks of the week. And I'm going to let Josh get started because I think I know this is like his favorite section. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, this week's relatively light, guys. I haven't put too much in just because, you know, the honest truth is that it's been a very quiet week. Everybody's holding off until iPhone 4. The, uh, Which was supposed to be out today. Out. Yeah, we reminded you. And uh, I don't know what's actually going to happen. Um, <laughs> James is saying it's an RPG. I bet your best friend betrays you and, and the love of your life dies. Uh, yeah. Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> um uh, all right. Well, look, uh, my uh, game of the week I'll do first, um, and I'm kind Ooh, of... Northy! Northy says not a real game because it doesn't use a controller or a keyboard mouse, but a pretty good-looking pretend game. Well, I want to go as far as to say that I bet you were one of those people that said mouse and keyboard was the only thing that you could use back in the day before console became a usable device. I so... still agree with him. But... <laughs> Each to their own. Anyway, um, my game for this week, I'm going to give people two parts. I'm going to say it's actually a really fun game, but at the same time I give you a warning. This is part of the glue game system, which means that it's filled with all those kind of like, do you want to pay for extras? Do you want to get this? Do you want to get that? In-app purchase was one of but, the worst things they introduced, I swear. But... The actual game itself actually overrides that, and there's a lot in this game, even if you just choose to play the free version. So you can just play the free version. Um, this game is called Gun Bros. Uh, if you go out and give it a try, um, yes, there is a lot of that sort of stuff, and you will have to wade through seas of this. But when you actually get into the game and get a few levels up, it is actually quite a bit it's of fun. It's very similar to a game that came out on iPhone a while ago called Dracula. Do you remember Dracula? Yeah, yeah. It's a very similar style. To yeah, that. Um, but the honest truth is that there's heaps of these kind of games. Mm. It goes back to that. Like, I mean, even Revolt is a very similar game, which yes. is my app from last week. But, I got um, that, by the way. That's but uh, <laughs> Revolt takes a lot longer to get into, whereas um, Gun Bros is kind of immediately incredibly hard. So if you're into hard games, this game will keep you busy for a while. I have to say while. about Revolt, though, I love the level of destructibility in that. <laughs> Just blow up everything. Absolutely. Um, all right, and my app for this week is an app that some of you guys might already have, but this is actually the first week I've got it. And the reason that I actually got it, have it now is because I have multiple uh, internet systems and phones and so on and so forth, and I need to be able to track all of them because I'm now using each one and I lose track of how much data I've pulled on each individual device. Um, so I finally grabbed an app which I've been told about for a long time, which is called Quota, which is Q-U-O-T-A. Now, Quota is a program which allow so many different kinds of accounts. Like, there is just lists in every country you can imagine. Uh, but basically, you choose what it is, whether you want news, reading, or mm -hmm. whatever, and basically it pulls all of it down to one device. And you can then... Uh, have all your data plans listed, how much you're using, how much you've got. But then it also has preset um, styles, which will also tell you things like how much you've got to use per day left, 
how the best way to do that, how often you go over your daily limits. So it's a really good program. And for what was it, two ninety nine on uh, uh, iPad, something like that. Yeah, yeah, two ninety nine on iPad. Yeah. It's really, really worth getting. Two forty nine, wasn't it? Two forty nine. Two forty nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely, guys. And uh, you can do everything. Like my one, um, I'll just bring it up on screen now. Um, my one, if you just see here. Oh, I've locked it. <laughs> Delta Knight says he uses Quota to track his mobile and internet. It tells me my off-peak is at 144%. Um, that there is uh, the outlay, and you can change color schemes and stuff like that. But it also, down the bottom, has your bar to tell you how much you're using. It'll also tell you individually how much you've used on particular days, and so on and so forth. Very, very cool app, guys. Definitely uh, worth having. Uh, there are some people that have said that there are a lot of problems with updates, and it doesn't always work 100%. Um, I haven't noticed that yet, um, and it cool. still has five stars, so go for I it. I just downloaded it today. I'll, uh, I'll let you know my experiences with it. Absolutely. Okay, I've, got, I've only got games this week, um, uh, and we've also got a tip. Now, uh, Josh has even found out more about this tip, so we'll come back to the tip in a minute. Uh, it's actually a Goodreader tip. Josh recommended Goodreader a couple of weeks ago, and we found out a couple of new features about it, which are kind of neat. Mm-hmm. However, my uh, uh, both iPad apps, uh, one of them is actually called Reckless Racing HD. It's by Electronic Arts. It's uh, $5.99, um, but it's a top-down racing game. And the thing that's really neat about it, and I haven't had a chance to really experiment with this yet, is the fact you can play multiple players. So everybody with their iPads, you get in there and you can actually um, play head-to-head. Mm-hmm. On these like like uh, uh, dirt tracks and stuff like that, but the car is awesome and it's great sound. And you're getting into your controls. Control system is very simple. You get into controls. You can actually do donuts on the road. And you leave your skid marks all over the road and stuff. It's really fun. There's ramps to jump and all sorts of stuff. Uh, so Josh is going to get it. And we're going to go head to head on this at some point. So it's going to be a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. And the other game I've got is I've been looking for a good mini golf game for the iPad because on the iPhone um, I use uh, what do you use it as well. What's it called? Um, the mini golf program that we play oh god i haven't had that on for ages 3d mini golf 3d mini golf which i really like and i've been hoping for an ipad version of it but they've never come about but i did find while i was scooting around for 249 putt putt golf hd uh which is very bright and very cartoony very wee looking in fact um but it's a good mini golf game and i've been playing that through and uh, it's got achievements and all sorts of stuff as well although i'm not quite sure how the achievements oh that's right it's open faint i'm about to say because we still haven't got game center on the ipad yet but open faint is dealing with the um achievements on putt putt golf and that's 249 and that's a bit of fun too um so those are my two josh you got a game no you got any more uh no those are my two man all right let's talk about this tip um this was actually brought up on MacBreak Weekly by uh, Merlin Mann is where I heard about it. And Josh has found out a little bit more since then. But basically, if you are a good reader user, user and you go to a website and you think, I'd like to have a copy of this website in Goodreader. Um, ah, yes. All you do is actually in the address bar of Safari on your iPad or your iPhone, I assume, just put a G before the HTTP. Reload no. the page, and it'll actually load in Goodreader. Right? It'll jump out of Safari and jump straight into Goodreader. And, Josh, you found out another stage to this. Yes. Um, the exact same thing works with uh, um, Instapaper as well, which is the same sort of app. If you put an I in front of uh, your address, it will load into Instapaper. Now, if you guys haven't heard of Instapaper, um, we actually mentioned it as one of the apps that you should get when you first get a phone. Mm-hmm. It was one of our, like, you know, 10 apps you should straight away have it's free and basically instapaper allows you to offline cache um 
whole web whole web pages. Mm-hmm. So if you've got an article that you want to read later and you know you're going to be offline later, you can just save it to Instapaper. And then when you're offline, you can load up Instapaper and read the article, photos and everything. It's literally yep. all in there. The beautiful thing about Instapaper is if you create a free Instapaper account, it'll also work on all your desktop machines as well. And yep. so you can actually be on your desktop machine, say save to Instapaper, and then when you're on your iPad later, open Instapaper, there it is. So it all cross, crosses over between your devices. That's so cool. It's a really, really neat app. It's, um, uh, yeah, I keep like uh, all the uh, articles I write and stuff like that, I keep them all in a particular folder. So if anyone wants to see the work I've done or I want to reread my own articles, I have them all saved in that and so on and so forth. And I have another account for interesting articles. It's just it's a really good little app. Yeah, no, I love Instapaper. I save a lot of stuff to Instapaper. It's really good for doing show notes and stuff mm. um, because we can, I can go through show notes, go through like an RSS reader and go, that's very interesting. Load the page, save to Instapaper, and I can come back to it later. Exactly. So it's a fantastic thing. All right. That is it. I think yep. we'll just do a little bit of housekeeping and we'll move on because it's getting hot. It's really <laughs> hot. <laughs> and I need to refill up my coffee. All right, so, as usual, if you agree or disagree with anything that we have to say... Um, I'm not going to say or, F you this week. <laughs> or you have something that you want to share with us, like, you know, the emails that we've had or videos and what have you, uh, send your stuff to geektech at geekactually.com, or if you just want to have your voice heard on the show, you've got an opinion you want to express, uh, voicemail 02-8011-3167, that's a Sydney number, um, or uh, our Skype ID is geekactually. All one word. Oh, uh, wow. Dude, I just found out something else, um, just to let everyone know. That quota program also allows you to put everything like your uh, Google readers and stuff like that through it as well. I just oh, loaded really? Up, I just loaded up my Google RSS. Why would you put Google reader through it? I don't know. Just so you've got a program that does all this sort of stuff? Why not? Throw it all in. Kitchen sink um, it. It also tells me how much my <laughs> Dropbox is used as well. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I like it that has, one. It has that in there as well. And it has about 300 other applications as well. Very nice. It just keeps getting cooler. It does. <laughs> I will play with it after the show. Uh, you can get Geek Actually swag, like this T-shirt or yeah. this cup. Where mm. is it? This cup. There we go. Um, or the T-shirt I was wearing the other day. Um, as you may have noticed, we just got an order in <laughs> um, from cafepress.com.au forward slash geek. Actually, uh, you can also follow our fan page, uh, facebook.com forward slash geek. Actually, and do make sure you check out our other shows. We do have some graphics here for you to have a look at. We have a film show called Film Actually. There's the cover art for those in our chat room. And we have a after show called geek actually and there is our cover art and you can find those both on itunes or just go to geekactually.com. uh we also want to put a shout out to our friend josh spencer over to techninja.blogspot.com for sending us an email for one but also for doing all of our wonderful artwork which is on these t-shirts that you can buy at cafepress.com.au <laughs> um and i want to say thank you very much to delta knight who has done some wonderful research for us to get some links together uh tech show is kind of a combination of the two of us the after show's all him, baby. <laughs> um, and Josh, I believe there's another website that uh, you'd like to talk about. Ah, uh, yes, rawdlc.com, which is DLC Live. That's uh, the gaming site that I write for, and uh, also do a live show, which is uh, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Uh, you guys could do, go check us out. One big thing we want to plug: uh, I do have an incredibly ugly mustache on my face at the moment, but it is for charity. Um, yes, apart from looking like a porn mustache, it is also to raise awareness for men's health and also to raise money for men's health so if you guys have a few extra spare dollars if you could go over to the website in the top right hand corner there is a donation box 
Um, if you guys can drop some money in that, it really helps. We've managed to get up to $70 now, um, and we are pushing towards much, much higher than this. So everybody that's got a few bucks, chuck that in. Uh, there may be the chance of something uh, happening later on for anyone that donates. So Fantastic. And not to yeah. completely derail you, but we're also trying to raise money here at Geek, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably For the put, Dave show. I think what we should do is we should put the David Storms America plug at the beginning of the show so that we don't derail the Mo plug. At the end. I think I think that's a fantastic. I think that's idea. a good idea. For November, I think we'll do that. All right, guys. Uh, if you are not aware of the David Storms America tour, we're trying to raise. Sit down. It's it's a breathtaker. We're trying to raise six thousand dollars to uh, get us over to get us over to the Jeez. states. Uh, we have raised in one week so far one hundred dollars. At this rate, I'll be going to America in about twenty fifteen. All right, so that's cool. <laughs> you know what? But it's Thank a good, you but to it's a great start. And for those who have uh, for those who have sponsored. Thank you so much. The most recent one, of course, was uh, 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 in Melbourne. In Melbourne, James from Melbourne. Thank you very much. Uh, we have received uh, a, a few donations, starting with Delta Knight, and you all know who you are. I don't have a list in front of me right now. We will go through the list uh, probably in the after show, and actually thank everybody there. Um, uh, but yes, we are trying to raise money. We all want to try and get in the face of all the uh, podcast producers in the states. Uh, the only way we're going to do that is to actually get over there. Um, now we can do it on less than the six thousand dollars, but but the more money we raise, uh, A, the more time we can spend over there, and B, we might even be able to get Josh over there. So we'll see how we go, all right? Uh, if you do want to donate or send some money our way to help us do this, any amount is most welcome, and I thank everybody who does help us out. Uh, go to geekactually.com, front of the page, right there in the top corner, you'll see David Storms America, uh, or as our friend Brad over at the Movie Fan House calls it, Operation David Drop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, we're trying to get over there, we're hopefully trying to get over there by January, February next year. At the current rate, it's about... 59 more weeks but i'm sure this will i'm sure this will pick up so uh it's a good starting point so uh, for one week it's a very good starting point okay last thing we're going to say about all of this is that if you are wondering when we talk about pictures and we talk about video and we talk about all that sort of stuff if you're only listening to the audio podcast we go out live on video every saturday starting from 12 p.m australian eastern Daylight savings time at the moment, uh, which is, uh, at a rough guess, uh, for the American listeners, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific and 8 p.m. Eastern on Friday nights because of the international dateline. If you want to catch us live, you can come and join the chat room. It's a lot of fun. We actually have a good little chat room going. Everybody's very vocal and everybody's very nice. We have a very well-behaved chat room. Aren't you? Stay that way. <laughs> and uh, I think we need... Um, um, uh, DJ, uh, I think with DJ Jaeger, I think we need a uh, David Storms America theme. Okay, <laughs> something that's got like lots of really patriotic. Da, da, da. I'm going to put video to all of your themes, by the way, because we need video for the shows. Guys, thank you very much. We've got the film actually show coming up next. Uh, Josh, anything personal you want to plug? No, no. no. All right, in that case, we're going to move out of here. Uh, I do have uh, some closing music. I hope if everything works, if the board doesn't crash, you know, it is hot. Did we tell you it's hot? All right. (laughs) And we'll see you all next week, guys. 